Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. What's up, guys? This is Ryan Drosty here of TopRopePress.com, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. I am joined here with my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the expert of all things scotch and whiskey and bourbon. He is Justin Joint. Justin, what's going on tonight? Woo! Excited to be here. Uh, (laughs) The world falls apart around us, but we had a good week of wrestling. At least we have wrestling to keep us sane. (laughs) This is an honor of Bray Wyatt, by the way. We're live right now on YouTube for Patreon supporters. Justin is flashing his light in the air from his cell phone, waving it back and forth. Um, If you want to watch us on Patreon, you guys, head on over to patreon.com slash Nation. You can watch our webcast live as we record the podcast each and every week. And so we're here with you Thursday night. If you're listening to the audio-only version of the show, it's probably Friday or after. Thanks for the download, as always. If you like the show, hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Leave us a rating. Helps out. Helps uh, get our viewership up there. So tonight, we're going to talk about kind of everything that's happened here this week in wrestling. Like Justin said, it's been a good week in pro wrestling. The rest of the world's going to hell, but hey, we got our wrestling. We've got Elimination Chamber on Sunday, which was a pretty good show. And then we had Raw and SmackDown. And um, Justin... I think the days of SmackDown just by default being the better show are coming to an end. I think the writing on Raw has been a lot better the last couple weeks. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Raw was way better this week. Way better. Um, Kyle Ross, the third man in our our, uh, triumvirate who sometimes joins us. He was here last week. He's not here with us tonight. But he wrote in his review of SmackDown on TopRopePress.com that 
he was ready to award Raw the better show of the week this week before the triple threat main event. Um, that kind of put SmackDown probably over the top this week. We'll get to that when we get to SmackDown. But I wanted to start off with Sunday's Elimination Chamber event. Uh, they were in Phoenix for that show, I believe. And uh, fairly good uh, brand-only pay-per-view, I thought. We're definitely going to talk a lot about the main event, which was the highlight. But I just wanted to start off, Justin. Uh, anything in particular that stood out to you in the show watching? What were the kind of the high points for you? I'm a sucker for limb work. So I liked the uh, Becky Lynch and uh, Mickey James match, just working Becky Lynch's arm all the time. Uh, it, now, this kind of goes back to our conversation last week about the SmackDown tag teams, but I am really into the Ascension's new look right now. They look solid. I dig it. Keep building them up. They don't need to get a win every week to be the next demolition. <laughs> Uh, there's a really nice promo before the Nikki Bella Natalia match, which was a good match, and then the end kind of floundered away. Uh, congratulations to Naomi for winning the title. It was a sloppy match, and you could definitely call into question the decision to change the title there, but uh, she's definitely deserving of it. She's been uh, with the company for a long time now. And uh, worst of all, Ziggler's heel turn. How do you get a heel over? By apparently putting him in USA wrestling gear, which just makes no sense. And now that it's Trump's America, he, of course, had to throw a Latino into a wall and cripple a black person. <laughs> well, and it, it was just weird. And maybe it was just because it was in Phoenix. And this is nothing against Phoenix. I have an aunt who lives there. I've been there many times. It's a beautiful city, beautiful state. But... So Ziggler goes to town on Cruz, beats every living crap out of him. And I know he doesn't, I mean, he's not a fan favorite, but the crowd starts chanting, thank you, Ziggler. And screw you, Phoenix crowd. I mean, I'm all for cheering for what you want, but can't we sometimes just stick to the story? Ziggler's obviously the bad guy. Let's boo him. Yeah. Ziggler has been one of the low points on SmackDown week to week. Kyle writes that in his review every week. He's just kind of like the heel turn has been really flat. Um, his promos have been pretty lackluster of late. I think the ship sailed on Dolph Ziggler five, six years ago. I'm not a fan of the, of the uh, so-called heel turn, that's for sure. Yeah, I was, I was reading something today uh, about how this whole storyline is turning from SmackDown about how Ziggler saying, you know, people coming for his spot. Well, that was kind of the same angle from earlier in the year with Baron Corbin when he was a face. So it just seems like nothing ever changes with him. It's always the, the same story. Yeah. He can, he can put on the best match, but still lose it. Yeah. I, you mentioned the Ascension. I wanted to touch on that for a second. Uh, I've really liked the rehabbing of the Ascension as well. Just like you said, Ooh. uh, the tag team division on SmackDown, they need something. And I like how they change their look. They look scary as hell when they come out. If my daughter yeah, was rad. like a year, a year older than she is right now, I don't think I would let her watch. She'd probably <laughs> cry every time these guys came out. It's freaky, man. I It's awesome, though. It's perfect for yeah. their uh, character. And there's always a place for that kind of tag team, like Demolition or uh, uh, Warlord and Barbarian. I mean, like, give us the, that monster tag team. Yeah. Yeah, so this is, you know it's the good. same thing with all these teams that they could build them up, 
put them up against some scrubs, you know, vaude villains or Brizongo, you know, just let them get some wins and then they face somebody. But you, you put them in the, like a multi-man match at like at Elimination Chamber and kind of make everybody look like chumps outside of American Alpha. Yeah. Yeah, at least though it did uh it did seem reasonable. Like you almost thought Ascension could go over there. And you talked about that on our preview show that if you had to pick someone to win other than Alpha, you thought maybe Ascension would get the win. And that's some near falls where it seemed like it could happen. Yeah. Actually what during the match when they that was all going down, I thought it was gonna happen. But and actually even uh I thought they were gonna get the win uh this week on SmackDown, but it didn't happen. Yeah. But hey, they look strong, so that's good. Yeah. They've been, yeah, they've been doing a good job with that. Anything else from the show? You mentioned the three, uh, the three women's matches. Um, I, what'd you think about the, uh, the non-finish in the Nikki Natalia fight? Uh, disappointing, obviously means they're going to continue it. I guess I just, I was ready for it to be a blow off match, especially because the match itself was going really good. It was really hard hitting and then, you know, just nothing. Yeah, I mean, building up that match, their promos have been kind of so-so, but like anytime they've interacted physically, it's been really good. And uh, I agree, I thought the match was going well. I hate that kind of finish on a pay-per-view. Maybe that's just like the old-school mentality in me, but I hate non-finishes on pay-per-views. Maybe because we grew up in an age where we were paying 40, 50 bucks for a show and you didn't like to see that. But uh, yeah, obviously it was to set up the rematch, and uh, we're going to get that, what, next week on SmackDown? Uh, yeah, I think so. So, uh, um, and then also I didn't mention it, but, uh, probably, I mean, the best match of the night that doesn't involve giant cage gimmicks, uh, Orton Harper was magnificent too. Harper lost, which I think it would have been, it was a great opportunity to solidify him as a real threat if he could have gone over, but he didn't lose anything in losing. He's still Harper. He's still strong. Yeah, man, Luke Harper has so much potential. I think I think during the pay-per-view, we were on a roll on our Twitter account, at TR Nation Podcast, talking about Luke Harper. What was our comments on there? He, he looks like the uh, school janitor. He looks <laughs> like every school janitor ever, if the janitor could beat up everybody. Mop, mop, mop. Yep, yeah. that sounds about right. Mop, mop, mop. While I yeah, that was a good match. Song. I like that one, too. Uh, What'd you think of the uh, the new elimination chamber? So they changed it up a little bit. It's a little bit smaller. Um, the steel grates that used to surround the ring no longer are steel grates, even though it was like the announcers didn't get the memo because they kept talking about it like it was you know all steel out there still, but it was clearly padded. Yeah. Um, but I thought the look of it overall was really good. Um, I think the roof's a little higher now. Um, just the the way SmackDown has been produced with different camera angles than raw and then that was taken into the pay-per-view with you had like these swooping camera angles from the corner going from high to low um the top of the cage with the wwe logo like all the neon lights i thought it was awesome what did you think about it yeah uh, same thing i i thought it was really great uh i always kind of liked how circular the other one was just because it was so different from anything else so that will be missed but outside of that, I mean, the new one's fantastic. Like you said, with the lights and uh, the padding really didn't even bother me any. And it uh, it worked with the match. With You got the camera angles in uh, the lights inside the pods where it lights up everybody. Because you know, when Bray came in, he was walking each pod and it would light up when he goes up to him. And 
uh, when they were up on top, uh, I think it was Ambrose and Styles when they were on top of one of the pods, slamming his face into the plexiglass. And the camera's right there. It was, it was great. Yeah, it's a, a elimination chamber. I'm curious if it's going to be uh, SmackDown specific or if they'll let uh, Raw have one down the line. I think they should alternate it. Personally, yeah, I agree. They, uh, yeah, I think I think the padding, like you said, it it's done well. I I feel like when I was watching, I almost noticed like the padding had little holes in it or something, because it kind of blended in and and looked a little bit. Maybe there were stripes or something. It, it kind of looked like the old steel grates that were outside of the ring, but you could tell like if you look closely, it, it was padded. But I don't think it took too much away from it. No, not at all. And uh, of course, it always helps if you have a new cool structure to have a great match and if you're not a weirdo like us who has to find every detail and every spoiler uh, a pretty surprise finish to the match too with uh, Bray Wyatt going over yeah I liked how they took out Cena before the last two yes so you knew much. you were going to get a new champion that was a good touch because uh, I think they just that just added to the climax of the match um, I think we all expected Bray to win going in. Um, AJ was like on his last legs there at the end of the match. But then part of me was thinking, oh, maybe they are going to put on AJ. And I would like to see AJ going to WrestleMania as champion. But God, I got to say, as someone who's followed Bray now for a while, um, last summer we were talking about Bray Wyatt a lot, how the boat was missed on him a couple years ago when he was really hot. You know, speaking of rehab projects, I think Bray Wyatt's regained a lot of the steam that he had lost about a year ago. Uh, I think when they put Orton with the group, it gave them, you know, a little boost. They're a little more fresh and, uh, he's definitely earned it. You know, the, the, the crowd chanted, you deserve it, Adam, just like they did when KO won the title, just like when AJ won the title, but he truly does deserve it. Yeah, totally. Couldn't agree more. Um, and going back to the match, uh, they did a good job of, uh, character development with, especially like Miz sneaking in, getting the pin on Baron Corbin, hiding while he went crazy on everybody, and then pinning Ambrose. And uh, yeah, totally agree with uh, uh, Cena getting eliminated and it being left up to Styles and Wyatt, which, my God, why can't that be the WrestleMania mini event? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. But yeah, just terrific all around. Were you surprised Baron Corbin went out as easily as he did with that roll-up? Because they've been building him up, you know, so hard these last couple of months. I, I was a little shocked by that one, I got to say. Yeah, I was actually a little disappointed in it. I I understood why they did it. And like I said, it helped Miz's character and Miz's going to a, a pretty major uh, match at WrestleMania. But yeah, I, cause I, especially because I'm really digging Baron Corbin right now. And he is kind of a monster. And to have him kind of schoolboy roll-ups that just they don't have quite the same impact as they did when i was young <laughs> i mean i guess it was like this kind of fluky finish so it didn't really take too much away from him looking strong but uh the crowd booed when he got eliminated it was the audibly booed i noticed that so uh yeah, he's, he's still a heel but maybe there's some people in the crowd that are starting to warm up to baron corbin i think so i think i think he's because he's authentic in a way like i think who his character is is just who he is turned up dialed up like all the great characters you know austin and michael's before him is but those are the best characters is i think he is kind of a prick and 
does think he's kind of better than everybody else. <laughs> and I think he's metal. So, Well, yeah, if you watched uh, Breaking Ground on the WWE Network where he was featured on that show, was it last summer? About a year and a half ago, maybe. Uh, he came across like a big time star on that show. And he came across as like a cool dude. Uh, and then when you watch him on NXT, that was like completely lost. He never really came across as a star, I don't think. I don't know what it was. He just kind of hadn't really found his character. And even when they first brought him up to the roster, I mean, he's always been an okay wrestler. Um, but he just didn't have, like, that screen presence. You need someone that has, like, this big, badass dude character to to have. He just didn't he didn't have that aura about him, I don't think. Um, I think he's improved a lot since uh, oh, probably since the new year, really. Absolutely. Well, even, like, I started turning with him because i wasn't a fan but in the uh, original dusty Rhodes tag team tournament the match they had him and rhino had against uh, american alpha they he had a sequence sequence there with gable that was just amazing where they was kind of flipping them around it ended up into an end of days and it was like ooh, this guy's a little bit better in the ring than i thought he was <laughs> and uh his titan tron is probably my favorite in the entire uh wwe how it just kind of slowly the black melts down while he's walking it's just it's rad it's so rad i feel like it's a remix of the nwo titantron every time i see it it reminds me of uh either their titantron or like the old commercials they used to do because they had that like the black paint coming down like that total total same thing which i'm not saying as a bad thing it's cool that's what it reminds me of it it works for me it works the theme's good too yeah so yeah, it fits him well. Um, so overall, I think we did a we did a poll on the Top Rope Press Twitter account. Got a couple hundred votes in that, and overwhelmingly, it was A and B rankings for the show. I think B got the most votes, and A was like second most so overall. At least with our followers um, over at the website, seemed like the fans really liked the show. So that was a success. Good show. So now we're building towards. Um, I guess the next show, the last one before WrestleMania, will be Fastlane from the Raw brand. And uh, so Raw started their build towards that. And on Monday night, we got a pretty good show from the uh, Monday night brand. A couple highlights there that everyone's going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to hit on all of them. But uh, for you, Justin, what was the high point of Raw? I think it'd be asinine for anybody to say anything but the... Owens Jericho because not only was that the highlight of the night that is going to go down as one of the best segments in raw history <laughs> everything it, about it was awesome I rewatched it tonight after work it's it's so <laughs> good Jericho is freaking amazing and it works so well because they've been kind of a hammy campy duo you know joking and so I was just I go I was going into this thing expecting jokes just to be entertained you know because that's that's how they are, and, and that's what it looked like it was going to be. But, man, they they turned it brilliantly. <laughs> but, okay, uh, by the way, I want that picture of <laughs> Owens and Jericho. I was just going to bring that up. Oh, man, I'm not, you know, you're not even wearing pants. It's art. <laughs> you don't need pants. <laughs> <laughs> are they selling that on the shop zone yet? Because if they're not, they ha- they got to do it soon. People are going to buy that up. I thought I saw somebody talking about it on the the shop, but if they sell that, Justin, we have to like put our show funds 
uh, towards buying that. And that's going to be your background here on the webcast. Hang <laughs> that behind you. I think that would be perfect. They can join your Hasbro figures you got back there. That is going to be a tough sell to the wife. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, the show will pay for it. You guys need an excuse to donate to us on Patreon, fund the show, $1 a month. It'll go towards getting just in this poster. <laughs> that is a well-worthy cause. How could she say no then? <laughs> exactly. So some other stuff I liked about this segment. Um, he's uh, about to say to Goldberg, you're going to get, and it cuts to commercial, and you almost <laughs> think it's a mistake. What? They cut too early. I did think it was a mistake. I was like, what yeah. the hell? What happened? And then it comes back, and he's, it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. That, and, yeah, that was great. And he's, uh, Jericho is working, or I would say more baby face than heel in this entire segment. But towards the end, he gets very honest saying, uh, you know, this is, you know, this has been probably my favorite year in the history of my career. And he talks about guaranteeing uh, that he's going to help him beat Goldberg, just like he has with Seth Rollins and so on and so on. And, and right then, cause like, th there was a little bit like the way Owens was acting, you think he's going to turn, but after that, with the guarantee, throwing in the history how he has been there helping him retain the title it's like shit festival of friendship forever <laughs> and then man when he opens that and he's like it's the list it's a thank you and then he's like how come my name's on it and he lifts it up and you see the list of ko it cuts to ko and you just see him kind of drop the belt from his shoulder it's oh i'm, I'm <laughs> kind of getting emotional right now just, just repeating it like I said, it's really not much, especially not compared to this, but it comes from the heart, man. Thanks, go, man. go ahead, open it. Okay. Dude, I, can't, I, can't, I didn't know you were going to get me anything. I know it's not much, but it's perfect. A new list. I mean, it's great. I mean, the other list is, is getting beat up, and it's, it's getting full. How come my name's on this? The, yeah, the facials in this in this sequence were so well done. Um, you know, wrestling always has kind of campy acting. This was excellent acting. Right as that camera panned to KO and he just had like the stone face on looking at Jericho. And Jericho is looking kind of like shocked slash horrified. And then the way the camera panned to that list as he held it up out of the box with the list of K out. Yeah, so well done. This is going to be one of the top yep. Raw moments of the year, I think, when we get to December and we do our uh, yearly wrap-up. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't know how it couldn't be. Um, it, yeah. it actually, and this isn't, this isn't my thought, but somebody actually tweeted, it's like, now I actually kind of want to see Goldberg kick his ass at Fastlane, referring <laughs> to Owens, which you know I still want Owens to win, but... They're doing a good job of making me at least uh, question that because it's pretty amazing. I'd tell you one thing. Don't ever be uh, Kevin Owens' best friend. <laughs> Dude, I think they have to be kind of questioning whether to have Goldberg go over in that match because this whole program, I mean, we've known for a long time they're going to break up. They're going to wrestle WrestleMania. But even though you knew it was coming, it just like tugged at your emotions so well, like good wrestling segments do. 
this is how you build a top baby face. They keep if they keep Jericho away for you know a few weeks. When he comes back, he is going to get a huge face reaction. The yeah. crowd has been laughing at all his jokes for months. Anyways, they've been dying to cheer the guy. He's got all the sympathy on him now. Can you imagine if they kept him off until like a week or two before WrestleMania, and then that was the title match? Oh, it, it would it would blow the roof off of the place. Yeah, that should be the universal title match. And at WrestleMania, they could really go either way, because obviously I don't think Jericho's going to be around a lot after Mania, because I think he's got a Fozzie tour coming up. But even just to give him that win in the belt for one night going under Raw would be an amazing moment. But also, if you had Owens win it, beat him at WrestleMania to retain the title, you just put even more heat on him and... He is just such a terrific heel. He's just vicious, and it's amazing and fantastic. And ah, yeah, I, th- I think you, you. Ha- I mean, logically, you, you got to keep the belt on him. You got to keep the belt on KO through Fastlane and have this be your title match at WrestleMania. They've they've shifted their booking on the fly for Mania many times in the past. Why not this time? This match, it's a, it's going to be a travesty if this is not the title match for Raw at WrestleMania, and it really is Goldberg and Brock, because that match is not going to have any kind of heat compared to KO and Jericho. I Unfortunately, Unfortunately, there's just no way at this point with the way this angle's being built. You know, we already thought Goldberg was going to get the title, and now with this, Kevin not getting Jericho's help there, and maybe even possibly a Jericho interference to cost him the title at the fast lane. Uh, it's not looking good for Owens going into WrestleMania as the champ. See, I'd go opposite. I'd have Brock cost Goldberg the match. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's let's what, that's let's I, book it. Yeah, that let's to me is, is much more optimal, but I don't have high hopes that it's going to happen. But if you listen to that crowd, man, that should be the title match. No doubt about it. Absolutely. Jericho's going to be your top baby face when he comes back. Oh, he's going to get... Can you imagine the reactions he's going to get versus what Roman Reigns gets? <laughs> it's going to be all cheers. The second he says, Kevin Owens, you're on the list, the crowd is going to erupt. Yeah. Oh, man, just the merchandising, too, man. He's got he's got the built-in merchandising. He's got... You know, I mean, let's be real. Jericho's at the end of his career, but for a short run as a top baby face, he could have it here. And I think he's like 46 and he's possibly having the best run of his career right now. What, uh, where do you put him on the all time ranking? (laughs) Whoever thought two years ago, you'd be, we'd be discussing this. Um, you know, when Jericho first came back into the company and he was, he was in and out after his touring, after his stints with dancing with the stars and all that, when he, I'm not going to lie. When he first came back, he was kind of a suck up. WWE. If you listen to his podcast, sometimes it got on my nerves a little bit. It was like he was always defending some of the booking that was kind of sketchy to a lot of the, you know, the hardcore fans and everything. But uh, over the last six months or so with this whole Kevin Owens thing, I have done a swift turnaround on Chris Jericho. I it's been one of the highlights of Raw every week. Uh, I think he's definitely slowed down in the ring of late, but he can still uh, he can still keep up with the guys yeah. and have good matches. I think about a year ago when he was wrestling AJ, it was a little noticeable that he had lost a step. Not that they were bad matches, but you could tell he's, he's getting towards the end of his career, but man, he's been, uh, 
we're talking what 20 years now where he's been working at a high level if you go back to uh, when he was in japan and then ecw wcw stint had one of the most memorable debuts in the wwf at the time of anyone with the countdown clock yep. huge star in the early 2000s first undisputed champion <laughs> multiple runs on top in the main event yeah a, cla- a classic uh uh run or angle with uh michaels twice yeah. now actually if you kind of consider their wrestlemania 19 run but he just he keeps changing himself and at some point you have to consider you know some guys like austin was hot for like i mean he was the man but it was only for like what was it, five years but then yeah, even have, less probably yeah then you have somebody who with jericho who's not near as hot as austin was at his top but He's building this 20-year portfolio of just, you know, solid matches and different and interesting characters every time. I uh, He wouldn't break, like, he's not in my top 10 of all time, um, if I'm looking at the entire span of pro wrestling. But I think you could make a pretty good argument that he's breaking into that top 20, top 25, which... That is no easy feat if you're looking at all the wrestlers, pro wrestlers in history. I mean, he's he's to me, top 25 is almost a lock at this point. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Right before we came on air, I just real quick started jotting down names. And we haven't even talked about what the parameters would be. But I think any top 10 would have to look something like Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan, Austin, Rock, Flair, Savage, Dusty, Andre Taker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree the, with that. Yeah, I mean, that's not even taken into account, guys like Angle, Triple H, Sting, Styles, Lesnar. So I, I think he is definitely in that top 25 now. Yeah. So, no, I've, I've been a big fan of his run of late. And uh, I'm kind of kicking myself that when his band played in town here, <laughs> I didn't go see him. Because it was a pretty small venue. It was a couple years ago. Pay a few extra bucks and go meet him backstage and stuff. I'm like, man, I could have interviewed him for the website. I should have done it. Yeah, I don't even remember that. I missed yeah. it. Yeah, he played just down the road from us. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I've been a big fan, and uh, I don't disagree. He's he's moving up that list. Sure, file, fire uh, Hall of Famer, no doubt oh, about yeah. that. Yep. Um, but yeah, his uh, his body of work over the course of his career is uh, starting to stand the test of time. I think. I think as like a, a guy in the mic too. I mean, he is one of the best talkers in the history of wrestling. I would think he is top ten for sure for talkers. Yeah, I would say top ten too. I mean, just just with his catchphrases alone, he seems to be able to just spit those out like it's no problem. Yeah. So yeah, excellent segment. I agree with you. That's the best segment on Raw. Um, next best segment, probably the main event for me. I guess the Bailey Charlotte match, kind of a surprise. There's a lot of uh, talk on Twitter that night about was that the right decision to do the surprise title switch here rather than at WrestleMania? I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that. Um, I can go either way on it. I had some tweets that night about how, yeah, you know, it would have been a bigger moment at WrestleMania, but there's also something to be said about the surprise. At WrestleMania, everyone would have been expecting it. So because it kind of kind of depends what you're looking for at that first uh, main roster title win for Bailey. Would you have held off, or did you have a big problem with her winning it on Raw? What'd you think? Well, I'm actually kind of surprised you you seem so at peace with it, just because uh, you know you're kind of down on the hot shotting title back and forth between uh, 
Sasha and Charlotte. Um, and I was actually kind of an apologist defender of that back and forth with Sasha and Charlotte, but uh, this one has me kind of down a little bit. It, it makes sense. I, I, I like the, the, pay-per-view charlotte that you know like she rises to the occasion it was cool like went watching it 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 was great i love seeing bailey get the championship and that can only establish her as a main eventer which is great and it'll probably cause more speculation as to who will actually win at wrestlemania if they do the the fatal four-way because she has already won the title because obviously she's going to lose it at fast lane. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, I'm torn. It, it was good, but I, I think I'm kind of over the hot potato with the women's title. Let me amend my statement a little bit. So I don't, <laughs> I don't like the hot shine of the bell. Like you said, that's true. Uh, I would be more excited about this if they let Bailey have a long run with the belt if I'm doing this, what I would do is um, I'd have Bailey hold the belt through Mania. I'd have the slow heel turn with Sasha, and I'd have them one-on-one at WrestleMania. Now, I know that leaves out Charlotte, who's the best performer out of the title match at WrestleMania, but I think that's okay. I think you could build towards Charlotte and Dana at WrestleMania in a separate match. And I know the card's filling up, and there's, that's probably going to go on the pre-show at this point. But, you know, I just I'm not a huge fan of multiple person matches. And uh, Sasha and Bailey have proven in the past, you know, they had arguably the best match of the year in the company NXT or main roster. Uh, what year and a half ago at uh, the summer show the NXT takeover in Brooklyn. I, I want to see them. I want to see those two have a match at the biggest show of the year. And even though Charlotte is probably the best in ring performer right now. I'm sorry. I got to leave her out of it. I'd, I'd, I'd go Bailey Sasha with the slow heel turn, finally building towards the match at WrestleMania. I know it's probably not going to happen, but that's what I, that's what I would like to see. Spoiler alert, Charlotte, not in the women's championship at WrestleMania. Not going to happen. <laughs> it's <Wouldn't> not a prudent, <laughs> but if you think about it, look at some of their top stars in history and some of the matches they've had at WrestleMania. Okay, uh, Austin wrestled Scott Hall in 2002 in an undercard match in uh, Toronto. Bret Hart, um, who'd he wrestle at WrestleMania 11? Was that uh, Backlund? No, he wrestled Backlund at Survivor Series. Uh, who'd he wrestle at WrestleMania 11? It was like a kind of a lame match for WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, I'm drawing a blank on that. I was thinking Backlund, but I could be wrong. Um. But you don't always have to, you know, if you're the point is, if you're a top star, you don't always have to be in the title match. And uh, either way, Charlotte's a star. She's the face of the division. I know Charlotte gets a lot of heat um, from a lot of the wrestling fans online, but uh, there's no doubt about it. She is the most well-rounded star on the roster. I think Alexa Bliss is better on the mic than Charlotte, but I think uh, Charlotte's obviously the better in-ring That's, performer. I think that might be a little bit of a hot take there. I've said that for weeks. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think Bliss is the best on the mic I, on, in the women's division right now. Charlotte's the next best. And she's came a long way. Charlotte used to be pretty poor on the mic. Um, she's gotten a lot better. I think taking her, uh, her dad away from her really helped her grow as a performer on the microphone. 
But I think everything about Bliss, and we'll get to this when we get to SmackDown, but the facial reaction she has, she's just like a better actor or actress, I should say. But uh, yeah, Charlotte's the best well-rounded performer. Yeah, that's why she has to be in the mat, the women's title match at WrestleMania. Let let it be a triple threat with Bailey and Sasha. That that'd be amazing. Did we ever figure out who Brett wrestled at WrestleMania? Uh, yeah, yeah I looked it up. It's Bob Backlund. It was Bob Backlund. Yeah. All right, and he did, and he wrestled him at Survivor Series too, like right before that. So they wrestled on pay per view like four months apart because the Survivor Series match is where Owen got his parents to throw in the towel. Mm-hmm. And then Backlund was the champion for a little while. Yeah. Yep. And then lost it to Diesel. And that's right. And then Diesel carried it into Mania with the match with Sean and WrestleMania 11. So that's the point. You don't. It doesn't always have to be a title match if you're the best performer in the company. So. Um. So yeah, the Bailey Charlotte match was it was very good. It was uh, a little better than some of their matches they've had in the past. Sometimes, sometimes these two haven't clicked in the ring as well as like Bailey and and Sasha have, in my opinion. Um, but I thought they had a good match and uh, definitely the surprise finish. Any other thoughts on that one? Nope. It was good. <laughs> so we got, we got to mention Samoa Joe. Oh, that, that <laughs> sit down interview was just perfect. Perfect for Samoa Joe talking about how they, they were scared of hiring me and uh, referring to Seth Rollins saying, redesign, rebuild, reclaim, re-injure. Oh, it's just fantastic. And you have them like bringing up people like Sami Zayn, following that up with the Sami Zayn match where he then calls out that comment. Samoa Joe comes out, whoops him. I get super excited because I'm like, oh my God, I desperately want to see Joe and Zayn at WrestleMania. And then I mean, you're like, oh shit, that's going to just be a fast lane match. But still, <laughs> perfect that, yeah. that, should, that should be an amazing match and joe as he's being built right now as a destroyer as not a, a not so much as a tool of triple h but almost like a, a partner in a way it it's great it's perfect use of uh Samo joe yeah joe i mean this is how you bring up a guy from nxt he's been put over so strong he's taken out rollins uh inadvertently Kind of, but well, you know, the angle was still he was going to beat him down. Uh, but he literally took him out with the injury. He's taken out Reigns, he's taken out Zane. He's a destroyer. Uh, yeah, no complaints at all. What they've done with Samoa Joe, this guy should have been a star a decade ago in WWE. He wasn't bogged down in TNA for so long. So I, I don't think there's any way this happens because I don't think Triple H would ever want to share the spotlight, but. It obviously looks like they're going to try and do Triple H versus Rollins at WrestleMania. We've talked about it before in previous shows, how this card is already filling up big time. They really only have room for maybe three more matches, and those are all going to be pre-shows. What if they did Triple H and Samoa Joe versus Seth Rollins and a surprise partner by the name of Finn Balor? (laughs) I have not thought of this. That's pretty good. I like that, actually, because you got to get these guys on the card. You got to get Balor in a high-profile match. It's a tag team match, but that is super high-profile. Some of your top wrestlers in the company, I think it'd be cool. It'd be better than seeing Joe in some pre-show match. Yeah, that's for sure. And there's so much you could build up with that for the future, too. 
um, because obviously everyone's going to want to see Balor and Rollins feud again because of the injury and how that happened in the SummerSlam match. But you could have them play nice for a while. I think it's pretty obvious Rollins is probably going to be going heel again in the not-too-distant future. So then you've got the built-in heel turn that you can work into that, and then they can do a program in the summer again. Uh, like you said, it's a good way to get everyone on the card. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. All right, let's book it. You hear us, WWE? Make it happen. I'm going to get the time machine sound effect ready for the podcast. So when this actually becomes the match <laughs> in, you know, three or four weeks, we could say you called it, Justin. 1.21 Let's hop in our DeLorean. <laughs> That's really good. I like that. So we'll see if that happens. But yeah, Joe has been a highlight of Raw. He's, it's no surprise that since Joe's came up, Raw has really gone up in our uh, reviews of the show, I think. so. Yeah, not a coincidence. Um, before we move on from Raw, I just want to make a mention of the whole Emelina thing. It did not bother me while I was watching it. I'm fine. So it, like, I don't know how you can get upset about an angle like this. But I did read online where their goal was they wanted her to be like a the cat or a sable late nineties type of character. And apparently they did a test run and it didn't come off well. And that's when they decided to go back to the Emma thing. And that bothers me because for one, the women's division or the women's revolution was to get away from those characters where basically it was only about their sex appeal. You know, uh, women want to be me. Men want to be with me with Sable's whole entire entire thing. Like, let's put some pasties on my nipples and take my <laughs> shirt off. And like, that's that's what you want to do with Emma when she was already a really good heel. And, and I'm, I'm people are probably getting this, but I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to entrance music and stuff. Her entrance music was awesome before, and she was somebody who didn't need a makeover. And so I was actually relieved when she came out to the crappy music and. Uh, nightgown and then she said uh, you know going back to Emma it's like oh thank god <laughs> I, I hope we get like four months of makeover of Emma Yeah, and, she... then, and then she comes back and says actually it's going to be Emelina <laughs> yeah it's uh, I agree with you that she uh, when she was a face and she was doing like the dancing thing with like Santino and stuff that was just so awkward and awful but when they when they made her a heel that gimmick was working really well and it was i was really disappointed when she got injured because she was just starting to come into her own uh she is a a pretty competent pretty good wrestler oh yeah and, uh, so yeah i don't know why you would uh pigeonhole her in that kind of gimmick from the late 90s like you were saying because she doesn't need that um you know that's that's something they could do with um oh sounds like the recently departed eva marie she might be on her way out, you know, not really a competent wrestler. That's something that could work for her. But when you have someone like Emma, who's athletic and talented and can go in the ring, that'd be a complete waste. So, I, yeah, I if you look at it that way, it might not be the uh, worst thing in the world that they built this thing up for 17 weeks. I think it was 17 weeks coming soon, Emelina. And then they threw it out the window. It's probably for the better as far as uh, her career goes. Uh, is Eve Marie on the outs? I hadn't heard that. That is the word uh, this week. I, I do not have that confirmed by anyone at the company. Uh, but 
it appears she might be. She had removed like all references to WWE from her social media, took it off her Instagram account. Uh, so who knows? She's still under contract, but uh, the word is she might be on her way out. So that's too bad. I was kind of digging the all red everything. Well, I liked what they were doing with her on SmackDown with the whole like uh, announcer, and then she would never wrestle and. You know, yeah. it was a good gimmick for her, and uh, I was interested to see where it went. And then she went and got suspended. So, which I, I'm not disappointed because it sounded like she was in for a big push. And I much preferred the Becky Lynch run and Alexa Bliss and Naomi, which is a, another reason to get behind all this because they're they're building all these ladies up as legit contenders. I don't know if the Alexa Bliss run would have ever happened if uh, Eva Marie hadn't been suspended. Oh, yeah, I bet it wouldn't. Have. Because she kind of took that uh, top heel, female heel on SmackDown spot that was that was reserved for Eve Marie. Um, we talked about that on the show last fall, and uh, we were told from some people at WWE that uh, it was pretty much written in stone that Eva was going to be the star of the women's division on SmackDown. Oof. That was that was the plan. So <laughs> when she got suspended, that really did put the whole division in kind of a tailspin, and they had to uh, change course pretty rapidly. So. So, yeah, overall, though, I think Raw was a good show. You know, it's a three-hour show. It's a chore to get through every week, but they're doing the best that they can. They're not going to drop that third hour because of the ad revenue, and uh, they're moving in the right direction. Boy, yeah, and you, and you got to give them credit. Like, with the Owens and Jericho segment, the Samoa Joe interview followed by the Zane stuff and the Bailey championship win, that's an hour and a half of not just, you know, good raw that's that's a great show yeah yeah so and that was followed up the next night with another pretty good show on smackdown uh for you i mean obviously the triple threat match on smackdown was a highlight no doubt about it muy bueno (laughs) um you know they, they built that up at the beginning of the show when uh you know cena comes out he says he wants his rematch right away and uh aj's like not so fast I still get my rematch. So Brian makes a triple threat match. And, uh, you know, it is a pretty ridiculous prospect. If this was a real sport, you know, what's John Cena thinking here? Jumping in line like that. Of course, AJ Styles should have his match first. Uh, But yeah, they make the triple threat match. And like I said earlier on the show, I'm not a huge fan of these multiple people matches. I typically like the one-on-one matches, but uh, this was an excellent WWE TV match. Would you concur? Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. And I, I am not in the same boat as you as the multi-man matches. I think I've always been kind of a sucker for it. At the very least, the triple threats. Triple threats almost always deliver for me. Um, but real quick, I, I want to go back to Wyatt coming out with the title. He looks pretty awesome with that belt. Like It, it makes me feel a little bit differently about that title and... uh Man, he carries that thing well. And he delivered a really good promo where he didn't seem to ramble about nothing. It seemed to deliver a message about uh, who he is now. It, it was really good. But yeah, that match. Who, buddy? Uh, we had another uh, AA kick out. Uh, we had Cena try and do the, uh, what was the kind of the roll up back into another AA, which didn't work out. Uh, and. Bray pinned Cena again mm-hmm. after pinning him at Elimination Chamber. And Wyatt had his butt whooped 
by Harper at the very beginning of the match. I mean, that was very, uh, I don't know, baby face match for Wyatt. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt that he has the best, one of the best entrances in the company. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Fans always eat that up. And like you were saying, the way he carries the belt, it looks good in that entrance. Um, Yeah, it could happen. I think he already got the baby face uh, reaction with the you deserve it chant. Wrestling fans are weird. Like, you know, we like our heels. We like our faces. But like when a heel gets what they've deserved for years, people love it. And they, you know, they just kind of switch on you like that. And uh, people want to cheer Bray Wyatt. It's pretty obvious. So. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. And I think, you know, if he does wrestle Randy Orton, I know it seemed like they're pivoting away from that this week, but I think that's just all in the storyline. I think it's probably still going to be those two at Mania. Uh, well, I, I think there's t- no doubt that Orton's getting booed in that match. Did you hear they announced for next week a battle royal to announce a new number one contender? Yeah. So are we looking at maybe a triple threat at WrestleMania? Wyatt, Orton, and Harper, maybe? Could be that. Um, yeah, the only the, I think the only person they've announced for the match so far is AJ, um, and which, which I'd be all for, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense with this story. No. And, I, and I'm really intrigued by this story, which is rare in pro grabs for me to be this this uh, uncertain and in in tuned into a, a story. Yeah, I, I saw like a fantasy booking graphic online earlier where someone had done the wrestlemania match screen with uh with those three in it and asking you know do you what do you guys think about this and yeah it looked that would be intriguing i wouldn't mind that so much um i'm not the biggest randy orton fan so uh, i'm i'm pretty high on luke harper like we said earlier in the show so if you insert him in that match harper's in a world title match at wrestlemania that's that's a good bump for his career i would say so oh, yeah uh, yeah i wouldn't mind that well and i'll i will retroactively crap on all of this if Orton ends up winning at WrestleMania. That would be the worst. There's no no reason for Randy Orton to be your champion in 2017. The guy is, I mean, yeah, it's it's been good when he's uh he when he had this turn and he went with the Wyatt family. It was fresh. But even so, Orton is a world champion in 2017. That would just be so stale. We don't need that. Especially with the chance to really establish and lift up Bray Wyatt. And, you know, and if it's a triple threat, you could even lift up Harper a little bit. But if it's just same old, same old Orton, what's it, what's it mean if he wins a title? It doesn't mean anything. It's like, oh, he has his 10th or 11th world title reign. What do you do? Have uh, Wyatt win and have an actual reign. Yeah. Roman reigns. <laughs> what about, uh, I thought of this watch in Raw. When uh, you know, Bo Dallas is out there aimlessly uh, in his gimmick that has just been going nowhere for a couple of years now. He's grown that beard out. Yes. Could we not get him on SmackDown and put him with his his brother? Why not? Make it, make it happen. I'm down. I'm totally yeah. down. He's not going anywhere as Bo Dallas. He need, he needs to be repackaged. So you might as well put him with his his brother, who's the WWE champion. Let's do Bo it. Bo Wyatt. Ray and Bo Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's another thing I'd like to see happen between now and early April at WrestleMania. So we will see there. Uh, anything else on SmackDown you want to chat about that stood out to you the other night? Uh, well, in my notes, I have um, Baron Drake's Ambrose out equals cool. 
<laughs> pyro going off before the impact equals not cool. <laughs> it, it, it was neat. They're waiting for Ambrose to come out and Corbin drags him out, which was cool visual. Beats him up and goes to throw him into the table with the electrical equipment. And that stuff goes off while he's in midair. A little bad timing. I'm just, it's not a big deal. I just poking fun. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't watch the show, so um, well, Ambrose was looking for Corbin backstage, couldn't find him. Um, he ran into James Ellsworth, if I remember right. And uh, the yeah. match the match was made, so Ambrose was supposed to wrestle James Ellsworth. By the way, way too much James Ellsworth. Two segments is too much with him on this show. Uh and so they're waiting for Ambrose, and then that's where Corbin, during the entrance, he drags him out and pummels him. So, yeah, it was, like you said, technical mishaps, but uh, a good continuation of that storyline, I think. I th- thought the uh, the segment with Naomi, who, like you said earlier, deserves the run with the title. I'm not sure I would have switched it at this point. She definitely deserves the run, though. Um, her and Alexa are going to be wrestling next week. And their title rematch. I thought that was a good segment. I think that segment showed you why Bliss is the best female on the mic in the company right now. Um, she is just she's just the believable heel um, female that you want to hate. <laughs> she just embodies it. You know, she's like the girl in high school that you just didn't like. She plays the role up perfectly. So I'm looking forward to that match next week. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Um, no, I would be remiss. Uh, top rope press writer, Abby Arthur is a big fan of this person. We have not mentioned him. He debuted two weeks ago. So I think we should at least mention that, uh, Kira Tazawa is doing some good work. Uh, he's awesome. He's, he tells good physical stories. He's got the, the chant down for the crowd with the ha. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, good he's good. Yeah, he's been good. He's added something to that division, I think, which, uh, you know, the division on the main roster has been floundering a little bit. But uh, he's a fresh face that's, yeah, he's pulled it up a little bit. I'd like to see him do more Jack Gallagher. Me and you are both huge Jack Gallagher fans. Well, we're getting that Neville at Fastlane. I'm a little yeah. worried. <laughs> you don't want to travel to Milwaukee to see that match in person? God, between that and if we get Sami Zayn and Samoa Joe, poof. <laughs> That'd almost be worth going alone. Yeah. So Fastlane could be a decent show, but you know, if it ends with Goldberg hoisting the Universal Championship, I don't know if I can make the drive home after that. <laughs> <laughs> I might I mean might need to clear my thoughts for a for a few hours at least. So we'll see. I, I just like we said earlier, I really think they need to pivot on this championship match, but uh that's on the raw side, so uh, oh, one other thing I want to talk about really quick. So a lot of talk about John Cena all the time. Does he put over guys? Does he put over guys in the right way? Um, you know, he beat he beat AJ for the belt. There's a lot of complaining about that online. But like you pointed out, Wyatt got the pin on him again. So is any criticism of John Cena not putting over people null and void after these latest matches with Bray Wyatt? What do you think about that? Well, funny you bring that up because I actually read today where, God, I think it was AJ was given an interview somewhere, but uh, apparently it was Cena who insisted 
that Bray Wyatt pinned him to win the match. Really? I did yeah. not hear that. Yeah. So, um, there's definitely a lot of complaints you can make about Cena, but for Cena post WrestleMania 30, I don't think you can complain too much because he's he's put over Kevin Owens, he's put over AJ Styles, he has now put over Bray Wyatt. Um, shut up, you smarks. <laughs> <laughs> I you know I'm not the biggest John Cena fan. Um, I respect though his work in the business. He's worked hard. Uh, I don't think he's like the greatest performer by any means, but I think he is way above average. He's had so many awesome matches the last couple of years. Uh, the only recent program he has had that I had a problem with was the summer he feuded with KO, where KO won the first match and then Cena won twice in a row. I did not like that. I felt like I I didn't think KO went over like he should have if they wanted to establish him on the main roster, kind of like how they're doing with Samoa Joe right now, where he actually is being established. And I think KO did kind of flounder on the mid card after that. And that was a mistake. But other than that, I think Cena has done a good job elevating talent. I thought he did a good job with the, you know, the whole U S title run that he had. I can't complain at all. He didn't have the world title for a couple of years. Um, so you, you can't say that like he was he was holding the belt all the time and hogging the spotlight. I know he's been in and out of the company, but like if what you just said is true, that he insisted, and I don't doubt what you read, he insisted that Wyatt pin him. I don't know how you can complain about him at this stage. He's clearly looking to put over guys and to help create new stars. So Yeah, I, he, I, he's reached that next stage where I think all he really wants, I think is to get that number 17 eventually. But he wants to put on the best matchup possible and to pursue his outside entrances. You could certainly, yeah, you could certainly argue, though, that him having this like two week title reign, you know, was that really necessary? I don't know. I'm not sure that that was necessary. It's a little odd. Um, AJ could have certainly held the belt through Elimination Chamber and dropped it to Wyatt. We'd still be where we're at right now. Um, But who knows? I think there's I think there's an argument to be said there, but you know what for whatever reason they wanted to get that title count up to sixteen at this point in time and set the stage for the uh record setting seventeenth championship win. Yep. So that that there's I think there's some fair criticism there. But other than that, I, I don't have a whole lot of complaints about John Cena in, in twenty seventeen right now. Other than the STFU, he still needs to know how to put that one. Oh my properly. god, that is just awful! <laughs> it never just looks like it hurts awful. whatsoever. There's always Nikki, like a visible gap. Nikki Bella uh, applies a better STF than he does. <laughs> There's some criticism of him in the ring, but as a person, as a performer, you know, I think he's doing the right thing for the most part right now. So. um we will look forward to next week's WWE TV. Hopefully they can uh, keep the momentum going, going into Fastlane and then best time of the year, WrestleMania. So any closing comments, Justin, before we close this thing up for this week? Um, you know, just sit back, relax, enjoy the road to WrestleMania and just drink it in, man. <laughs> well said. Well said, Justin. I mean, as I see, you're probably grasping at your scotch right now as you say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, this is our escape. This is why we watch pro wrestling. With so much chaos going on in the world, this is our escape to be entertained, forget everything else for a few hours, Monday and Tuesday night. And uh, this is certainly the best time of the year to be a, a pro wrestling fan. So, Absolutely. With that being said, you guys, we will uh, catch you next Thursday night. If you're a Patreon supporter, we'll be uh, live on YouTube again recording. Podcast will be out for all on uh, Friday. So uh, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, podbean.com, Stitcher Radio. Of course, we put all the shows up on topropepress.com where you can check out the latest news features and our television results, which I think I got to say, our TV results are probably the most unique on the internet. We're not breaking down every match move by move. We are just giving you the highlights. Who wants to read a move-by-move summary of every match on Monday Night Raw? That's boring. We do it in a unique way. So check us out at uh, topropepress.com. So I am Ryan Drosty. He's Justin Joint. Thanks for joining us, and we will catch you guys on Top Rope Nation next week. Enjoy your weekend. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.